0: You're listening to the lacrosse news episode on the future of lacrosse with your host, Alex and Camden.
1: We have some interesting interviews and audios, and we hope you guys enjoy. We
0: we interviewed three lacrosse pros to see their views on lacrosse and what they think the future of lacrosse holds. Throughout the episode, you will hear the love coach Smith, who is a lacrosse coach of Viewpoint, Mr. DeJohn, who is an editor for a lacrosse magazine, and lastly, Rob Pinnell, who played in the PLL and is an outstanding lacrosse player.
2: We hope you guys enjoy. i just got a job at u.s lacrosse magazine i was never really exposed to the sport like some others were i didn't grow up in a town where we were that good at lacrosse so there was never that like pull from other people to get me to join but i just always remember like we would be having baseball practice on our field and then 100 yards away we'd see the lacrosse team running up and down
0: you would say like when you were growing up like it was like a pretty major sport in your area
2: yeah uh, long island maryland Um, the Carolinas now are getting pretty big, Virginia's big, Jersey's big. It really has been an East coast sport until maybe the last 10, 15 years or so. Like you said, in California, it's growing big time. The premier lacrosse league is based out of Los Angeles. So there is a clear push to grow the sport out that way, especially with the Olympics in 2028 in Los Angeles. We don't know if lacrosse is going to be involved yet, um, There's some debate within the lacrosse community, of course, because there's
1: positives and negatives. But the goal is to really expand this sport across the country. Do you think that it'll most likely be in the Olympics in 2028?
2: There are obviously hurdles. Uh, The advantage, we'll start there, is that because it's in L.A., we have what are called host sports. So the United States, I believe it's three sports, can choose uh, which ones will be available uh, for other countries to participate in. And because lacrosse is considered a United States sport, theoretically, if the country wanted to, they could say, okay, we're going to play lacrosse. Um, There are some drawbacks, because to play lacrosse in the Olympics, you would have to uh, play a small-sided game, which means you would limit the amount of players on the field from what we're traditionally used to. Uh, And that's because when you play team sports in the Olympics, usually the rosters need to be pretty small. Otherwise, it costs a lot more money. And they're just, you know, some countries don't have... 30 players to put on a lacrosse team. I think playing lacrosse on the Olympic stage would be just an incredible setting, Uh, but there are so many factors to consider from now to whenever the decision's made that really any number of
0: things could impact it. Yeah. So if you look five years from today, do you think lacrosse will have a growth in like viewership if it's not because like the Olympics
1: or like the PLL getting bigger? Like, so do you think more people will like watch
0: lacrosse?
2: I think so. Um, and I'm pretty confident in that. The reason I'll say is you know obviously we had unparalleled circumstances this year with COVID and quarantine bubble tournaments and all these types of things. But I also think networks like NBC and ESPN saw the viability of lacrosse as a sport that even if it's a it's a niche audience, it's a it's a rabid audience, you know what I mean? Like people people who love lacrosse love lacrosse and they will tune in No matter what time it's on no matter what network it's on what are
0: some things that are holding lacrosse behind
2: not every state has sanctioned lacrosse as a high school sport i believe the number is 32 or 34 states have so we'd love to see that grow you know us lacrosse really tries to make the sport more affordable and available to everybody but still equipment can be kind of expensive and tournaments can be kind of expensive especially right now when money can be hard to come by for some families I, th- I really think lacrosse is the type of sport that can hit it off. And if we're going to use like social terms, really go viral. It could become a sport that
1: everybody begins to play because it is so fun. Do you think that more people are going to start playing it on the West Coast?
2: Yes, definitely. Um, right now, some of the best lacrosse teams in California are nationally like, ranked powerhouses. The problem in California right now is that you have those tippy top tier schools and then not a ton else. Uh, and not every high school has lacrosse and then if they have boys maybe they don't have girls lacrosse so the goal i think is not just to build up one but to build up both and we'll we'll really be able to tell if a state like california has taken off if both the boys and girls games are played at a relative equal level
0: interesting that an editor for a lacrosse magazine grew up more interested in baseball than any other sport and he has some other things in common with their next expert mr smith As DuPont's lacrosse coach, Mr. Smith's perspective on the future of the sport has a lot in common with what Mr. DeJohn had to say. I hope you guys enjoy. In college and high school, did you play lacrosse at like a high level?
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, I was a three-sport varsity or four-sport varsity athlete in high school. I was a varsity quarterback as a freshman, and I was a varsity midfielder as a freshman on the lacrosse team. Um, so I had some instant success going into high school and playing at a high level. By my sophomore year, I was a first team all state and an all American in lacrosse in Massachusetts. Oh, um, from there, that's when I decided to, you know, kind of focus. I went to a boarding school, played another year of lacrosse and then decided to focus more on football because of the financial aspects. The the funniest thing is I actually had more scholarships as a lacrosse player um, going into my junior year of high school than I did college football. Uh, Most of the Ivy League schools, Johns Hopkins and Syracuse, are like two schools that I wanted to go to, which are, you know, world-renowned. But I was a, you know, I was a 215-pound midfielder that could run a 4-3-40, so... um, It was something that these schools were like, we would love to, you know, get that body and teach them how to play um, with better stick skills because I was just
1: more of an athlete who was able to play. Do you remember, like, what schools were, like, the main ones that recruited you for lacrosse?
3: Yeah, the main ones were were Dartmouth and Harvard, these Ivy League schools that wanted me to come in and play both quarterback for the football team and midfield for the uh, lacrosse team.
0: Very good do you think lacrosse would have a growth in viewership do you think lacrosse is going to like kind of expand its um viewership it's going to maybe be in the olympics
3: i do i think the growth will be tenfold in improvement um we have tried to be get it to be an olympic sport which it's on the verge of but they're taking it from a a 10v10 10 10 to try to make it like a 7v7 7 7. just so that it can make it more com- um competitive amongst all countries um because they're pretty be pretty dominant by certain countries in terms of the number of bodies and the guys who play um in that country but i would say the PLL the addition of the PLL along with the MLL is um Putting lacrosse in the right spot to be successful five
1: years from now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, some like big strides, like the PLO. They signed like the a deal with, like NBC, so they have like their own like
3: station for it. Bingo. So like, wow, like, I think that's a pretty big like stride for it now that it's on TV. You know. Yeah, it it really is. That's a great point because I mean the way I view it is kind of like how the NBA was when there was the NBA and the ABA. Mind you, that, that sets lacrosse back about 50 years, right? It's saying that we're, we're a long ways away from being successful. But what I'm getting at is the NBA was losing viewership and the ABA was this cool game. Dr. J was in it, right? It was this more progressive style of play, a faster pace. And I think that's what the PLL is doing, right? I think the PLL is this new of age you know, it's got the the best of the best players. Um, They got the TV deals. The problem is that the MLL has the cities. The PLL currently is just like a traveling pro-based tournament. And once they merge the MLL and the PLL, then they'll have both the TV deals and the major markets. And then that's where I think the sport explodes.
0: Would you say uh, college lacrosse is bigger than the PLL? Because every single time I'm on ESPN, lacrosse is being streamed more than I see a PLL.
3: Yeah, it's just because of the product. Um, lacrosse, collegiate lacrosse is probably the highest level of all-around competition. Yes, the PLL and MLL has the better skill set, but collegiately... Right they're with their teams more. It's a very team based sport, whereas the MLL, for the most part, need a full time job or something outside of it um, for them to make a living to play the sport. So if you watch a better game to watch at the collegiate level, because there's unbelievable defense and offense yeah. on both sides of the ball. Like Lacrosse moving more in the West. Um, with the success of Denver University, who's kind of laid out the blueprint of how to be successful, you know, um, I think it's possible. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know of Title IX, but Title IX, um, it, does, it kind of restricts um, the addition of, of Division One programs. Because to add a, a male team, you have to have equally amount of funding going to a women's team so you typically have to remove a a male sports program in order to add a new one um especially those who have like college football right college football takes 85 scholarships that money takes up a lot of male sports um because those scholarships need to be divided amongst women's sports as well so um i think it's on the verge long answer long um I, i think it's getting there but it is um Still going to be a couple more years.
0: So we've heard from two lacrosse voices, a coach and editor, and they both talked about the importance of kids playing the game at young ages. And we also got a really exciting opportunity to talk to Rob Pinnell, who was an MLL MVP, MLL Offensive Rookie of the Year. And we're going to get some really interesting insights about that. Let's also listen and um, hear what he had to say about expanding lacrosse on a global scale. What is your background in lacrosse?
1: Well, cool, yeah, um, so I became, I uh, started playing lacrosse when I was, we at nine years old. And it uh, was the last sport that I picked up. I played baseball and uh, football, basketball, everything uh, up until that point. And uh, I picked up a lacrosse stick at a friend's house and fell in love with the sport immediately. So I heard that you said you went from the MLO to the PLO. Is that was that like a big change? Yes, it was. You know, the MLL has been around for twenty years, and it was the league that I grew up watching. Uh, you know, being from Long Island, where the New York Lizards play, I grew up going to games and, and wanting to play for them. So you know, all I knew was the MLL. But uh, you know, Paul Rabel, who was a teammate of mine in New York, and now a teammate of mine in the PLL, uh, saw an opportunity to start a league that was a little more. Um, progressive as far as advancing lacrosse as a sport and um it was a it was a big jump for all of us and and a risk that all of us were willing to take but we knew if we were willing to take it together and invest in the pll that um you know one day it could be something special and i think already over two years of the pll being formed you've seen um, the impact that they've had on our sport you think the pll will make lacrosse bigger Um, you know, I I think it's definitely part of it. You know, I I think it depends what your definition of making lacrosse bigger is. And, uh, you have it on a national scale and you have it on a global scale and, um, you know, uh, lacrosse on a global scale is very small. There's about 38 countries that participate in the sport, but we can certainly, um, you know, do a better job of allowing countries to, um, to understand the game and, you know, kind of make rules more global than just, uh, pertaining, you know, every country has its own rules and, and here, you know, there's different rules from youth to college, high school, to college professional. So I think that's one of the barriers that we have as well. Um, I think in the U S though, PLL is certainly going, you know, to expand the sport, I think between, um, social media and the impressions that they make on a daily basis of reaching new people and, and generating, Um, You know, new eyes on the sport is unbelievable. And then on top of that, we're on NBC and NBC Sports, which is a huge advancement for our game to have our games on there. I mean, to play on NBC was one of the coolest things. You know, it's Channel Four on your television, and everyone in the world, you know, everyone in the in the country can see that. So that was a big deal, and that's something that they've been able to do. Um, You know, obviously, we had a lot of momentum after the first season going into our second season this past summer, and. And with COVID, everything, you know, kind of changed and we were in a bubble. Um, but I think that was overall great for our sport as well. You know, people were were starving for some lacrosse and they had two straight weeks of it. So, um, you know, I think the PLL is certainly doing a good job of advancing the game. Uh, we certainly need to do a better job at the youth level. I think that's a challenge as well, because uh, lacrosse can grow at the professional level as far as viewership and people who want to watch the sport are entertained by it. But I think... Uh, at the youth level, we need more people to play it. That's also how it's going to grow. And lacrosse is way behind many sports and um, quite frankly, has slowed down with our growth. And I think that's a challenge that we're going to face moving forward is how do we get uh, you know, sticks into new players' hands at a younger age and get them to continue to play.
0: Do you think lacrosse will continue to grow or do you think it's at its peak right now?
1: But it's definitely flatlining as far as growth. Um, you know, I think there's an incredible opportunity in the women's game and, you know, over a hundred division one women's colleges have, uh, lacrosse. And that's about 30 more than men's. And that's an amazing opportunity for girls to aspire to play at the national level and compete for a national championship. And, um, get a scholarship in doing so. So I think the girls game is growing and a lot of girls are playing it. And I think that's great. I think, um, you know, the boys game and the men's game has kind of slowed down a little bit to what it was in the early two thousands as like the fastest growing sport that everyone was calling it. And, uh, you know, I, I there's some reasons for that. I think, um, that start at the youth level and some things that need to be addressed. Um, I, I think we're at a point right now where we're going to find out where does lacrosse go? And um, a lot of it has to do with colleges and them having teams and kids in the surrounding areas aspiring to play for that. But a lot of it also has to do with the makeup of youth lacrosse and kids being deterred from playing at younger ages because they don't make a team and they don't make a, you know, the A team and then they don't have to play. So um, I I think kids are quitting uh, lacrosse at, at younger ages uh, school lacrosse is less important. So, uh, kids don't see the reason to play past, you know, eighth grade, if they don't see themselves maybe playing at the next level. And I think that's upsetting because lacrosse is such a great game and, you know, people should play it for as long as they can, if they can, um, and enjoy playing, not just because they're not on the the A team or they're going to play in college. We need to, we need to do a better job of allowing people more playing opportunities and not be so divisive at the youth level.
0: Do you think lacrosse's viewership will go up in the future?
1: Yeah. So I, I think looking at the PLL stats, I think our viewership, uh, you know, increased year over year. But I mean, when you look at those numbers, it's, it's so small compared to other sports in the viewership there. Um, You know, I I think a lot of it has to do with is how you make the, the game exciting and understandable for people who don't know it right if if you don't know lacrosse and you turn on a game you're going to be very confused because there's so many rules there's players with different sticks they're running all over the place and um the ball moves so fast it's hard to keep track of so if you don't know the sport it's very tough to get into so how do we simplify that and and you know on a global scale they're looking at changes in rules and, um, you know, less players on the field, shorter field uh, shot clock. You know, more of a basketball type style game that will be more appealing to people. And um, this is for the Olympics and, and it'll be a shorter game. So people just watch it and then, you know, move on. So, um, you know, there, there's constantly talks about it that, you know, the only thing is when you look at lacrosse and we look at it compared to a national versus global scale, is that on a global scale, on a national scale, for us in the U S it's a big sport, right? Bigger than it is in any other country. So why would a, you know, why would we be, why would we here in the U S change the way we play the game so that it can grow globally when it's not even close to, to, to being there, you know, anywhere? like it is here. So if all of a sudden we're going to change our rules at the youth level and the high school level and the college level, when for decades the rules have been what they are just so that the sport can go, can grow globally. um, Or so the sport can go in the Olympics. You have a lot of conflicting interests there and uh, there's gotta be some sort of happy medium. And, you know, ultimately the question is, is, is lacrosse being in the Olympics, which is a main goal for the sport right now. Is lacrosse being in the Olympics really going to have a big enough effect on the sport where it's worth changing our game so much? So I think that's a question that needs to be answered. And uh, honestly, there's probably not a right answer, but uh, I'm sure we'll see one as we're pushing for lacrosse to be in the 2028 Olympics. How do you think we can grow the sport of lacrosse? So I believe the opportunity is there. I think we need younger kids to aspire to do that because it's those kids that are going to keep our sport going. And we need those guys, you know, guys like myself and Paul and Kyle Harrison and guys that have invested, um, you know, those guys over a decade, myself eight years now, those guys who have invested, you know, eight, you know, years and years to being a full-time professional lacrosse player. And we need more kids to do that so we see our game continue to grow
0: Wow, that was very interesting. Their viewpoint and thoughts were quite fascinating, right Alex?
1: Yeah, what Rob said was quite incredible. We haven't heard your viewpoint on the future of lacrosse. What do you think?
0: Great question, Alex. In order for lacrosse to have a growth in viewership and players, it really starts with the uh, young youth and young players. If kids like us play lacrosse and fall in love with the sport, kind of like we did, lacrosse could have a rapid increase in players.
1: I also think that if we get lacrosse more on TVs and news networks, it could become even bigger.
0: Yeah, I agree. Great point, Alex. I hope you guys enjoyed our podcast about the future of lacrosse.